guests come. We give it glory. We open ourselves up for total renewal in the Holy Ghost. Is that what you come for? begin our service and we're going to call on those that are Hallelujah. leading. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have we felt the presence of the Lord in the house already? The Lord met us here. Amen. It's an opportunity to renew. Those of us that have been in prayer already, we feel in the presence of God in the house already. Go ahead and give God praise one more time in the house of the Lord. He's worthy to be praised, worthy to be lifted up. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord and we don't take it lightly. I have the honor of being able to stand before you and welcome each and every one of you and we're thankful to have you here with us tonight. On behalf of our pastor, Bishop Tommy Crutchfield and our First Lady, Sister Crutchfield, we want to continue to keep them in prayer. They are pastoring, and that never stops. And so they went out today to visit with a family, Brother Jay and his family, as they uh, memorialize his father, as well as uh, visit Sister Beverly Broach. We want to continue to keep those families, as well as our pastor and First Lady, in prayer uh, while they're on the road. And, we had a couple other delays. We want to continue to pray for all of those connected with our prayer team across this country. Those that have traveled to be here with us in this prayer conference, some of them have some delays. Uh, but there's one thing that's not delayed, whether they're on their way from Richmond Hill or they're on their way from Hinesville, and that is that they are and we are in the presence of the Lord. And so we continue we're continuing with our prayer conference even while they're on their way. We want to welcome each and every one of you, whether you're here in that life and a part of our leadership, our staff, uh, whether you're a part of the prayer team. Let's give the prayer team a hand for putting this together. Sister DeVall, Brother DeVall, their, their team, amen. We want to personally welcome you to our 8th annual prayer conference, our 8th annual prayer conference, where our motto, uh, our mantra is to renew, renew. As Christian believers, and I'm not going to ask you to be seated because we're about to worship the Lord, so you might just keep standing. 
as Christian believers, specifically apostolic Pentecostals. We have the opportunity and a life that must reflect Jesus Christ and, and his glory that is within us. And the Bible is replete with instructions on what it means to renew. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. The Bible not only tells us what to renew, but it also tells us how to be renewed, and it tells us when to be renewed. It goes on in 2 Corinthians 4 to say, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our, though our outward man perish, our inner man is renewed day by day. So not only do we know what to renew, but we know when to renew. And the Bible goes on in Isaiah 40 and 31 and it says, And he told me that I 
Oh, let him work it for your 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43 says in verse 18, Remember ye now the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. received a running over blessing already. As we get into the presence of the Lord, we are destined to have a running over blessing. As you prepare yourselves for the tithe and offering, if you would stand, we're going to pray at this time. The next voice you'll hear is Sister Eunice Dudley. She's going to be sharing a solo with us uh, immediately following tithes and offering. Lord, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for what we've received already, Lord God. Lord, you're the giver of all things. We depend on you. There's nothing too hard for you and nothing that is impossible. We ask that you bless, Lord, this conference as a part of the Consuming Fire Prayer Conference of 2023. Bless that these, O oh Lord, that are present would receive what you've given, O oh God. We ask that you bless this offering. Allow it to be overflowing, O oh Lord. Use it for your kingdom, for this local assembly, for this conference, and to bless those, O oh Lord, that must hear your great gospel. At this time, we want to thank the Lord for his blessings you can come down the center aisles, move back up through the side aisles. As you come, greet someone on your way back, and we're going to open this opportunity for Sister Eunice Dudley to offer a solo to you. 
hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer and everything will be alright. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little to a longer hold on just a little longer and everything will be alright pray on just a little Just a little while longer, pray on. Just a little while longer, and everything will be alright. A charge to keep ahead.
the clergy that's here in the house tonight, first ladies, I, I'm not going to begin to call all the names because I know you come to hear the word of God. But we do want to thank God for the Alabama saints here. Y'all just wave your hand, Alabama. USA. 
Dr. Bonnie and her husband, Pastor Marshall, are currently planting and pastoring a church in New York City. And sometimes, I know y'all don't want to go to the doctor, but I say sometimes you need prayer and appeal. It is not easy to put together any kind of conference. Um, I've tried and I've failed, so I know that there are, uh, that it's a special gift to put together a conference and get people together. So I want to thank Sister Duval for having her team and for everything that she's done. I also want to, uh, to give honor and recognition to my very good friend, uh, Sister Terry. I have been, well, she's been in my life for many years, and she's a woman of God, and she's such a great person. I love Bishop Terry and Sister Terry greatly, and their conference, Oasis, has always been a, a change agent for me. Um, and so I, I love the church, uh, Bishop and Sister Terry's church in Atlanta. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's no, there's no other conference like a prayer conference. In our world gone mad, we need prayer more than anything else. Saints. I love Mother here right now. I wish I could do what she did. I'm telling you, y'all need to get out of your aisles and dance like she does. I want to talk to you up today about this. The God of our breakthrough. The God of our breakthrough. Amen. Uh, I'm here also with my personal assistant, Sister Wendy Atkins. She is a blessing in my life. She is my daughter, my assistant, my quite a lot of things actually. She keeps me together. I want to thank God for Wendy. Second Corinthians, thank you, media. I know I just got it to you kind of last minute, but thank you, media. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses through three through six. I know pastors, Pastor Petrill has probably preached on this many, many times. So you all know the scripture. But we're gonna do it anyway. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. Okay, there we go. For though, although we walk in the flesh. We do not war. That's why prayer is important. Prayer is a weapon of warfare. Okay, so we do not war after the flesh. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If we only knew how powerful prayer is, we will never quit praying. We will never put prayer at the back burner. We wouldn't just pray once a week. We will pray every day. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, that's a powerful scripture. Amen? Amen? You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now let me tell you, whether we are battling for breakthroughs against our own stubborn sin or unbelief of a loved one or battling uh, for breakthrough in the missional advance of the local church or reaching unreached people, rescuing persecuted believers, rescuing orphans or even the unborn, we are up against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Today, let me tell you, you know what I want to leave? I want to leave you with a very firm thought tonight. I know it's, it's what, what is it, 8 o'clock? Okay. Well, in the next few minutes, I want to leave you with a, with a call of holy determination. That means no matter what is breaking loose in your house and whether the children are addicted or the spouse doesn't want to come to church or there's stuff happening in the marriage or stuff happening in your relationship or you are not, you know, happy or anxiety or whatever you're going through. I want to leave in your mind a strong determination to go back to calling on God. To calling upon God and saying, God, I am tired. I am fed up and I am frustrated, but I am not going to give up calling on you. I'm going to call on you. I'm going to call on you morning, noon, and night. If I have a marriage that's going to pot, I'm going to call on you. If in my own flesh. Let me tell you, sometimes uh, I, I'm flying somewhere. I'm, I'm always flying somewhere, you know. And it would be useful if I have my own wings. I don't have to check in the back. But anyway, so I'm flying somewhere. And you know in the, in, the, in the seat pocket in front of you, there's sometimes a magazine order. And many times I've pulled out a magazine, you know, because I'm just, I want to read, whatever. And, 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 and many times I've, I've looked at these magazines and they're like, well, you know, this is a little test whether your marriage is working or not. So you answer these 20 questions and you get five wrong, your marriage is shot. Let me tell you something, okay? I'm not going to allow a magazine to tell me or to dictate to me whether my marriage is gone. Jesus, Jesus is God. And as long as he is in my life and in your life, we're going we're gonna to have to seek spiritual direction. Don't, don't be allowing some worldly stuff to tell you what's finished and what's not, okay? Yeah, I'm a psychologist, but you know what? Enough of secular counseling. 
than Jesus, so what do I need? I need to be full of Jesus. <laughs> if I'm full of Jesus, then they're not stronger than me. Right? Okay, that's the equation. This is not church, brothers and sisters, this is not the time to get complacent and lazy. Alright? And I'll walk with God. I, I, it doesn't matter. Everybody's got problems. you got problems, I've got problems. we got family issues and sickness and, and, and health concerns and money and financial concerns to battle and job situations to battle but you cannot get lazy about spiritual stuff we have got to get with God more than ever before we have got to fight now if you're not encountering opposition if you're not facing opposition it's likely you're not attacking a strategic a strategic pioneer hey this is Hansville yeah? Ask the armed forces. They'll tell you about strategy. You, you ask the armed forces. You ask the Marines. You ask the U.S. Army. I don't know how many of you here, but it's a lot. This is Hinesville. <laughs> ask them about strategy. They'll tell you, you sleeping on the job, you're going to get shot and killed. I told Pastor that. 
I told Bishop, I said, Bishop, you're in, mm -hmm. you're in such a strategic location. Where the, where the enemy fortifies his forces is where you must force, you must focus your assault. I mean, if the, if the enemy is fortifying his forces over here, focus your assault here. Why are you focusing your assault over there? Right. Enemy don't care about that. Right. If the enemy, if you, if you recognize where the enemy is at, and then you go at him. Hey, when are you going to get proactive? Why are you defensive Christians? Stop being defensive. Be issue or a, or a child issue somebody you love is sick and then you start praying oh my god heal them oh lord heal my husband heal my child heal my marriage heal my money no 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 and the devil not doing anything you start praying lord protect my marriage protect my church It'll get you further, not reactive. Don't be reactive. Reactive is you wait for the problem to come and then you're all of a sudden on your knees. You're not impressing anybody. So where the enemy is fortifying his forces is where you need to focus your assault. You, church, you are the invading army. You're the invader. Well, why? Well, you know what? I don't know what it is. We, we get a condition to think the devil is invading. <laughs> no. No. No, the devil's there. Yeah. And, and he's got some plans. So he, you are the invading. You don't wait and wait for the devil to invade your home. You invade his kingdom. You, you go and you invade Satan and say, hey, I'm here. Maybe the enemy has got a stronghold in your relationships with your child or the addiction that your child is in or, or some other issue or whatever, your health or the city, whatever. Where the enemy is fortified, there's going to be a fierce fight. Of course there's going to be a fierce fight. No, he's not going to give over. He's not going to give Hinesville to you like that on a silver platter. He's, he's not going to say, hey, I'm sorry, you're the church, here's Hinesville. No, he's going to say, I've got Hinesville. You're and you're going to say, no, you don't have Hinesville. We've got Hinesville. We're going to put you on notice, devil. We've got Hinesville. We've got Jacksonville. We've got Savannah. We've got Atlanta. We've got Georgia. We've got it. You don't have nothing. No, 
fight. I mean, if you're going to achieve any kind of breakthrough at all, there's going to be a fierce fight. As I again, I said, ask, ask the people, ask the Marines, ask the Army. They know if, if you, you, they're going to they're going to win. It's going to be a fierce fight. Yeah, it's going to be bloody. We're going to receive volleys of flaming darts. You're going to be attacked in the rear. There'll be spies in the camp. I'm so sorry. I just, I, 
I love you and I love your church. Let me tell you, I'm sick. I am sick and tired of people. In I, I, I counsel, you can ask Winnie, okay? She's my personal assistant. I counsel Monday to Friday, and she will disagree Monday to Saturday, okay? But let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, I am sick and tired of people just allowing the devil to mess with them and then blaming the devil afterwards. Hey, don't blame the devil. It's your rotten flesh. You don't know how to control it. You don't know how to control it. You don't know how to say no. You don't have no boundaries. You don't have any boundaries. Don't, don't be telling me, oh, well, you know, whatever is the devil. Hey, the devil is a defeated foe. Got his own home, he can do whatever he wants, not really, but he 
technically, legally, he came. It's your house, right? You take care of the holiness of your home. You, you take care of the holiness of your You take care of the cleanliness and holiness of your home. I know, but what about me? Listen, you're not called to be your child's buddy. Okay? You're called to be your child's mama. You're called to be your child's daddy. You're, you're called to be your child's parent. You're not called to be their best friend. But, but, if, but, if, but if you are their parent, if you're a good father and good mother to your child, you will become their buddy. You will be their best friend. Amen? But you're not called to be. Enough of this world. I know, but my child, you know, we're buddy. No, 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 he's not your buddy. He's your kid. So, so she came to me for counseling. When she came to me counseling. Was for anxiety. She was very anxious. She was very just anxious. She was having panic attacks quite frequently. And I was like, "What's the matter?" So I just talked to her about anxiety, and then I started digging deeper. And well, she was she was a sixty-something lady, wonderful lady, loved the Lord, but she had a thirty-something son that was living in a house for free. Okay. All right, okay, well, why does, well, he didn't have a job, okay, what else is, well, he doesn't contribute to anything, he just, he just, you know, he just sits there, he watches TV, and then he, then, but then he brings these girls. <laughs> you know why y'all went, mm, I, I have a feeling, I felt, I felt that spirit that was going to knock him out in this church. unsafe people, unsafe circumstances, unsafe whatever. So she said, what do I do? I said, well, I don't know. What would you do if I was your son? What do you mean? Well, say I was your tenant, and I was just trashing your house, and I didn't do anything. I was just, I didn't contribute. I didn't pay rent. Your son doesn't pay rent. Okay. I didn't pay rent, but I just brought all kinds of people and stuff into my, what would you do? She said, well, I would just, I'd tell you to get out. Yeah. <laughs> that part. That, yeah. You 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 would tell me to get. Well, I would tear up your your lease. She said. 
Yeah. What do you say? What do you think? <laughs> you tell him to leave. What? But he's my son. I know. And it's hard. Your mama. And you. You raised him. You gave birth to him. Had a lot of dreams. Huh? Good dreams about him being somebody great. Right? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't respect you. But you know what, though? He will never get better. Why not? Because you're standing in the way, Mom. All right. I'm standing in the way. Yeah. I know. You know how people say I love them to death? Please don't love anybody to death. Love them to life. Don't love anybody to death. Love them to life. So I say, you love him to death? He's shit. She's all hell of him to death. Well, don't. Don't. No. You let him go. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah, you're standing in the way of God. What? I love him. I know. I know. You don't love him in a nice way, but you know, it's okay. I understand. But you're standing in the way of God. God wants to change him, clean him up, give him responsibility, make him strong. But you're, you're protecting him from God. You're like, don't touch my son. You know? So many of us. So many of us, we think that we love our children more than God. Nobody loves your children more than God. God loves your children more than you. If you get that, if you will just understand that, then you will release your child and say, Hey God, take it. I'm done. I, I'm done. I'm not going to sweat over the spouse. I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm not going to sweat over it. I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to lose my peace. I'm not going to lose my Christianity. I'm giving my child to you, Lord. Come on, Jesus. And the Lord will, the Lord But it'll be, it'll be, it'll be conclusive. That'd be good. So she said, well, I don't know how, you're telling me to tell him to get out of the house. I said, yes, because you came to me for anxiety. And as your doctor, I don't want you to be anxious anymore. So the only, this is, this is it. I'm not going to prescribe medication even when, even if I can. I, I'm not going to give you Xanax, 5, 10 or milligrams of whatever so that you can feel better because, because pills is a band-aid on cancer. It's not a cure. It's just a band-aid. Who puts a band-aid on cancer? The doctor goes in and roots out the cancer. He roots it out. He takes it out. Now, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not anti-meds. I'm not, I know, I know the place for certain things, if you're suicidal, if this terror, but this lady didn't need meds, she needed boundaries. Come on, that's good. Boundaries are more powerful than meds. Yeah, and it's free. I <laughs> said, meds are expensive. You pay for meds. Boundaries free. <laughs> she said, "Oh my God, what am I gonna do?" So anyway, she stopped seeing me. She never came back for counseling for months, several months. And I said, okay, well, you know, she, it was hard. She didn't want to give up. She's probably enabling him, you know. It's okay, you know. She loves him. She, her love is not the kind of love God prescribes. But, you know, I understand. Okay. So I forgot about one day she, she calls and she wants to see me. And I'm like, okay. She sounds familiar. 
And she came to see me, and I was like, I know you. And she said, yes, I came several months ago. That one time you told me to get rid of my son. <laughs> and I'm like, I did? Oh, okay. Um, she said, you know, I said, oh, when she told me the story. I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember your story. Well, what happened? She said, I'm done. And I'm like, good. Yeah, you don't have a plan B, do you? I said, no. No, you got to get rid of him. I'm sorry. She's like, well, I'm done. And I'm, I just need some help in what to tell him. So I told her. She went back. I said, give him 14 days notice. She gave him 14 days notice. He cussed her out. He did all I mean, he was just, he threw stuff at her. He was abusive. He even wanted, wanted you know, uh, he wanted to physically. Anyway, finally, he left. He left. She calls me. She said, he's got house keys. I said, okay. Well, what do I do? I said, change the locks. <laughs> She's like, what? I said, yeah. Because, 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 because if I left, my landlord would change the locks. This <laughs> He didn't have to call me for that. She, she said, change the locks on my son. I said, no, change the locks on a person that is abusive. So she calls somebody and changed the locks. He tried to come in. A few days later, he tried to, and then he tried to, you know, he banged on the heat cuss her, he called her and all kinds of stuff, and then all of that. But you know what? What happened was he moved in with a friend, and then he moved in with somebody else, and then he went out of state, and all of that. But long story short, one day she called me, she said, guess what? I said, what? He's got a job. <laughs> to somebody who's trash-talking everybody else. 
you know, that I need to lay down. I'm sorry. But, and they would, let me tell you, stop allowing people. This, this person would call me. They would trash talk my pastor. They would trash Jesus. They would trash the church. They would trash church people. They would trash family. They would trash my friend. And I'll be listening like an idiot. Stop listening to people that trash talk. Your pastor, your leader, your first lady. If they would trash talk your pastor's wife, you hang up. They're going to trash talk your pastor, you hang up. They're going to trash talk your church. They're going to trash talk Jesus, you hang up. So these days, it's about five minutes. People call me, I'm like, yeah, hello. Hey, Dr. Bonnie, I need to talk to you. Didn't I talk to you on Thursday? Yes, you did, but I need to tell you more stuff. And I'm saying, wait, wait, wait. Did you do the stuff I told you to do on Thursday? I mean, did you do this? Did you read that scripture? Did you do some proactive stuff that I told you to do the last time we talked? Well, no, I was too depressed. Why don't you go do that for me to call? Because you're not going to do your homework. Don't call me. That's it. Come on. Come on. Merciful, but let me tell you something. There are two groups of people in your life. One, they will take what you say, they will take your advice. Am I right, Sister Terry? They will take your advice, they'll take what you say, they'll run with it. And they will apply it. Always try to apply. It. They'll make some attempt to apply it. The second group of people are there just because they want your attention. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Now, you don't have to invest in people that just want your attention. You want to invest in people that want careful of those that, that they'll drain you. Yeah, they don't want to change. They just want your time. There's no place for gossip and bitterness. If you're not willing to forgive the person that is sitting across the aisle from you in church, you will not have power in prayer. If you're not willing to, if you're not because because they said something or they looked at you in a different way or 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 they did, you didn't you just didn't like the way they are with you and you're like okay well I'm not I don't have time for and if you're trashing whatever Come if on. you have bitterness unforgiveness gossip in your heart you're not going to have power in prayer. That's right. Come on. Come on. If you're lazy that you don't want to give even 15 minutes to God in the morning you're not going to have power in prayer. That's it. Come on. Come on. You knock out all of that. You knock out sexual lust, greed, porn, deceit. You knock it out. Don't deal in, in, in untruthfulness. You don't have to. Because there will be efforts to destroy your morale and determination. The devil will do. The devil will take what you're doing and throw it back in your face. A few months, uh, well, it's not a few months ago. A couple of years ago. I was in, um, I was praying in my home church a few years ago, uh, which is the Pentecostals of Alexandria. It, um, and my pastor, Brother Mangan, had the uh, tabernacle, the tabernacle prayer, the tabernacle plan and the furniture, you know, the, the and it made, to, made to fit the prayer room. And so I was praying there. My office was on the second floor. I was, I was the counselor on staff in that church in my office. But lunchtime, I would come down and I would just pray because lunchtime is 
and I would just spend some time in prayer before I continued my work. That day, very oddly, there was nobody in the prayer room. Usually the prayer room had at least 5, 10, 20 people praying at different times. But that lunchtime, there was no one there. And I was like, what is going on? So I went there and I began to pray. And as I began to pray in that tabernacle, Sister Terry, you've seen the tabernacle planet because of the times I know you have. And um, I was praying through the outer court, the inner court, the holiest of holies. When I was praying through that, God stopped me. I was weeping. I was just feeling the Holy Ghost so strong. I was praying really for myself, for my home, my relationships, for missions. I was just praying for my world. But God stopped me and said, I want you to hear me. I said, yes, Lord. And he said, I'm going to show you one little word that will destroy Satan's strategy. And I'm like, you're going, to, you're going to tell me one word that's going to destroy straight Satan's agendas? He said, yes. And I thought, I said to the Lord, I said, well, I know what that word is. It's Jesus. And he said, no. And I'm like, well, you better be careful. <laughs> it is Jesus. I don't even know why you don't know that. <laughs> it is Jesus. You're wrong. He said, of course, Jesus is the delivering name. He's the saving name. There's no other name other than his. But I'm going to show you a word. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you that word. And that word is my word of judgment against the devil. And I'm like, what is that word? He said, that word is my word of judgment. It is my word. It's my verdict because I'm the judge. Jesus is judge. He said, as judge, I have taken that judgment. It's a verdict against the devil. And every time you use that verdict, that word of judgment against him, he will go, he'll back off. He'll back off. He might come back again. You use that word of judgment. He'll back off. He'll come back again. You use that word of judgment. And whether he comes against you, your family. So I'm like, well, well, what is that word, Lord? And the Lord whispered that the one simple proclamation that defeats Satan every time and stops him in his tracks is the simple verdict, liar. And I'm like, liar. He said, every time the devil tells you I don't love you, you don't have to do nothing. You just turn around and say, liar. And he'll back off. He'll be like, oh, I'm exposed. Oh, no. She knows what I'm about. Your children will never be saved. Liar. Your marriage will never be saved. Liar. You will never be healed of depression or anxiety. Liar. You'll never amount to anything. Your church will never grow. Liar.
warns us not to play games with this roaring beast. But when he lies, he speaks according to his own nature. He's a liar and a father of lies. Amen. And Satan's number one lie. I'm not going to allow, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Fear is Satan's number one lie. Yeah. You live for God. I don't care how much you live for God, how much you're holy and separate. You're not going to make it to heaven. You're a liar, man. If I live for God, that's exactly where I'm going to go. I will end up in heaven. Let me tell you something, okay? You remember, remember the pandemic? so afraid to go to church, but we're not afraid to go to Walmart. You remember that time? You remember? You, you remember that? Yeah, we, we, we were too scared to go to church because people were not wearing the mask, but we would go to Walmart and touch every little dirty thing there. Uh-oh. God was, God was in Walmart watching you.
Don't, don't, don't be yoked to a mindset of complacency, a mindset of deception. Don't be yoked with that. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to pull down some strongholds of lies that have taken root in our mind. My mind, your mind. mind of your children. You have children that are out there. They're not wanting to worship God. They're like, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. I'm not that spiritual. Or I'm not going to. I don't believe what you've got children. You've got a spouse or yourself. I want you to run to the altar right now because we're going to pull down some strongholds in our family, in our children. Come on, people, the whole church, everybody. I don't care if you're a member or a visitor, everyone, that if you're, if you're here, we are going to come as close as possible, as close as possible to the stage. The, thank you, sir. As close as possible to the steps here. Thank you. We're, we're, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take authority over strongholds in our families. We're going to take authority over the prayerlessness in our lives. That means if you feel, well, yeah, I used to pray a lot those days, but nowadays I don't pray as much, then we're going to go back to that place of prayer. We're going to go to our war room. Amen. You know what's a war room? That's the place where you do war with the devil. You don't, you don't fight with your spouse or fight with the kids. You fight with Satan. Your fight is with him. your fervor, your zeal for reaching the lost. Let me tell you, and I want to ask you this, how much more power are you going to give to Satan to distract you? How much more power are you going to give to somebody else you haven't forgiven? How much more power are you going to give to people that you are, like a video, it's playing in your mind. Oh, well, if I ever meet him in Walmart, I'm going to tell him some words. And you're rehearsing words to tell the people that have already not in your life anymore. Now, what are you going to do? How much more power are you going to do? You're going to give to the devil to try to to try to distract you. The enemy wants to eat away at your confidence in God and worship and in faith. When Satan tells you to quit, well, what are you going to shout? What is that word again? No, well, you got to you got to shout it like you know you really mean it. Why don't you quit church? It's no use. Your husband never going to be saved. Your child is always going to be an addict. Liar. God doesn't love you. Liar. That's what you're going to do. Liar. Now lift up your hands right now. We're going to pull down some strongholds right here. And those of you, if there are people here that you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're going to pray with you. Amen. Pastor Crutchfield has pastoral staff here and pastors here and ministers here. I would like to ask the pastors and the leadership and the pastoral staff here to come and to pray for these individuals right now. Would you come and lay hands? Pastoral staff and your wives, would you lay hands on the brothers and sisters here right now? Can 
remember that we do have saints in here that are praying. So if you get something, get enough to feed yourself, to sustain you, and to the Lord of Lords and breakfast. But just keep on praying. But if you are hungry, out of this is my right, your left. They do have drinks. We have some light snacks for you to eat, especially for our visiting ministers. But this is for everybody. So you can go back there and grab yourself some. But continue to pray. Lord's, Lord's pulling some things down this evening. Come on. Come on. The Lord's moving. Hallelujah. Come on. He's healing some things. Hallelujah. Come on. The, the, the Lord's tearing some things down and he's building up. Come on. He's building up strength. He's building up power. Come on.
Jacob, you can continue to pray, but for those that aren't specifically praying for somebody right now, I just want to take a minute or so. Pastor just contacted me. Um, he just called to see what was going on, but he's in the hospital with Sister Beverly, the woman who was at the altar and prayed him through many years ago. And um, he's up in Rome, that's where he's at this evening. Um, she had a massive stroke um, this morning, so um, this morning, and um, yesterday evening. So pastor's up there, but he's with her right now. So we don't know, and I don't know the status. Um, pastor is just getting the information, but we wanna pray for Sister Beverly and pray for our family, pray for the Brooks family and all the connections to her, um, that in the Lord's time, things will work its way out. But we wanna pray for the family that they're ready. Either way that the Lord goes or allows this to go, we wanna pray for Sister Beverly and her family. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we have come here to you, Lord, this evening, Lord, in this holy convocation, Lord, for prayer, Lord Jesus. That we have come together, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, in one mind, in one accord, in one spirit, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, to pray, Lord, for the miraculous, Lord, to pray for a move in our families, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. But we come, Lord Jesus, specifically right now, Lord, to pray for Sister Beverly Broach, Lord Jesus. We want to lift up her name, Lord, for you to do what you do, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. We don't know, Lord, where you're going to put her.
wants to close out, greet one another. Um, anybody traveling? Who's traveling? Anybody traveling a long way today? Sister Terry, I know Sister Terry is here visiting First Lady Terry from um, from Solid Rock up in um, up in College Park, and I want to invite her to come greet the saints if she would like to. <laughs> but uh, it is great to see you here. I don't know if you're traveling back tonight, sis, but. But now we're good to go, good to go. But we pray, pray, pray for traveling mercies over each and every one of you. And uh, tomorrow we'll be recognizing some of our other um, saints that came out that drove oh so long away. Um, and we want to thank each and every one of you for blessing this house, for coming to this local assembly and praying with us and letting the presence of the Lord just spread from here all around the Hinesville, Fort Stewart area. Hopefully it reaches all the way out to my house and midway to our, to our sister churches out there that we have with, uh, with Reverend Dudley and First Lady Dudley and all of the surrounding churches that we have in our Richmond Hills Church. But uh, thank each and every one of you for coming. And as we close tonight, remember, be safe when you leave here. It is Friday evening. Make sure we're mindful. We're doing defensive driving. We're keeping an eye out. And make sure we keep our pa pastor in prayer. He said he's going to return here and try to be back by Sunday morning for service. But um, until then, as the Lord watches over me and thee, I pray blessings over each and every one of you. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together here tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, for traveling mercies, Lord, as we go back to our homes, to our hotel rooms. I pray, Lord, that as we prepare this place and clean up a little bit in preparation for tomorrow, Lord, that you would just keep us, Lord. Watch over us and bless us, Lord, with your heavenly host, Lord, that keep guard and watch over us, Lord. We pray, Lord, for the meal that is in the back that I know that they've already eaten, but that you would bless it rightly, Lord Jesus. We thank you, we praise you, and we ask that you would bless those that have prepared everything for this whole entire event, all the food and all of that. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless. Go with God. We will see you in the morning. 9 o'clock a.m. prayer. 10 o'clock the service starts. Be ready. Hey, drink some Gatorade tonight. You're going to need some more energy. We're working up to Sunday too. And hey, you better get here early or you might not get a seat. You might be sitting out there watching the TV. So <laughs>